Palmer Bear on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmer Bear. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Welcome to the Macca's Run with Sam Hargraves. With special sauce and juicy beef, grab the one and only Big Mac at Macca's today. Ah, yes, indeed. A very good evening to you. Welcome to the Macca's Run. Hope you've had a good day as you possibly can. However you've you've been been putting it in, wherever you've been putting it in, it's wonderful to have your company right around the country on the SEN network. However you're finding us, wherever you're finding us, you can always call us on 1300-736-736. The Harcourt's open line is always that for you. Your move, your Harcourt's for all things real estate. Speak to Harcourt's. You can text in at any time, 0433-981116. Now, this show all about catching you up on the biggest biggest stories uh, and uh, the biggest names and what they've had to say throughout the course of the last 24 hours. You're saying the news of the day. You can do that by calling the Harcourt's open line or texting the temper text. We do it all for the new quarter pounder bacon. You can try one at Macca's today. There is a ton to get through, but it's been a hard day to concentrate, hasn't it? When the most iconic voice in Australian music, John Farnham, we find out um, is in hospital today after a cancer scare. Um, If you're like me, I grew up and I still love listening to John Farnham albums. Uh, I still believe he's the most iconic voice. I still think that you're the voice should be the Australian national anthem. Um, so we're sending him all of our best and hoping that he can pull through and for a very speedy recovery. Um, it's been a tough couple of weeks for our icons, hasn't it? Olivia Newton-John uh, and now uh, John Farnham. And there's very rare... I was at a wedding recently uh, and there was... Actually, sorry, it was the 21st. And there was uh, all the young people out on the... Oh, the young people, did I sound old now, don't I? All the youngs, all the whippersnappers were out on the dance floor. And You're the Voice comes on and they all went bananas. These are 20, 21-year-olds, 18, 19-year-olds. You're the, this, is a, this defies generations, You're the Voice. Uh, it, that's why I think it should be the Australian National Anthem. So um, we're, we're thinking of John Farnham uh, today. One three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. And congratulations to all of the clubs that finished outside the finals. You've got through. We think, touch wood, fingers crossed, the scariest and most nerve wracking twenty four hours in every football club's year. And that is when they don't make finals. The twenty four hours in between when they last finish and about now. So Mad Monday, it came, it went. We think we're incident free. So congratulations to all the clubs and all the players and everybody involved that a Mad Monday has come and gone and I haven't seen anything on the front page, haven't seen anything on the rumour mill. And every club just inhales and breathes a very big sigh uh, of relief. Uh, Plenty to get through today. The biggest story, of course, um, obviously has been over the last sort of, uh, what would it be, probably the last week now since it was announced uh, on Friday, of last week that uh, Alistair Clarkson, the four-time premiership coach uh, when he was at Hawthorne after a year out of the game, a paid holiday, courtesy of Jeff Kennett and the Hawthorne Football Club, uh, is re-entering the fray as a senior coach with the North Melbourne Footy Club. And uh, Jerry Waitley had the pleasure of his company in studio today. And he spoke about uh, how to turn things around at North Melbourne. Sonny got caught out a couple of times by saying, you know, in terms of it's a, it's a great list. We've got we've got some players on our list, and we've got some staff and that sort of stuff that are highly highly talented people and really really good in their roles. But the the, the challenge is actually bringing 
all these talented people together cohesively galvanise them and all go in the same direction, uh, make some significant sacrifices um, and be prepared to make those sacrifices for the betterment of their of their fellow man within the club. And um, if we can if we can get that, then um, good things can happen really really quickly. Uh, Alistair Clarkson with Jerry Whiteley today. Well worth if you haven't caught up on the podcast. Sen dot com dot au. He spoke about the fact that it was heading over and spending time with the Golden State Warriors and Steve Kerr that reignited his passion. He said that that was enough for him to come back and realise that the coalface is where he enjoys being the most. He talked about with passion about the brand of the kangaroo. It's that iconic Australian symbol that if they can't take that international, then at the very least, that should be a logo and a brand that they can take uh, Australia-wide. He spoke about what they're doing and what he's learnt about his work on the Tasmanian bid, about how the, and what North Melbourne are doing in creating a precinct in North Melbourne, that, that, that the footy club is at the heart of that. Um, it, it, was a, it was a fantastic chat to listen to, and if you haven't, I, I strongly recommend going and hearing him speak about uh, all facets of the game. He spoke about his exit from Hawthorne. He addressed, I suppose, what people believe was a reticence to go to the draft, and he, he went through in clinical fashion all the draftees that they actually did take during that time and um, when they did take other players from other clubs that they were top end draft picks and they were just you know four or five years in the system and how they thought that that was a, a compromise uh, on the draft and then spoke about the draftees they did bring in in his later years as well so if you haven't caught up on that well worth uh, a chat he also spoke uh, about the um, the reports that the club are looking to involve um, former Melbourne, former Essendon CEO uh, Peter Jackson, who apparently was instrumental in in helping out uh, and advising on the Alistair Clarkson deal with he and Sonia Hood, and also bringing Jeff Walsh, who did the review of the football department at North Melbourne, into the fold. Do you know or are you hopeful that Peter Jackson might take a role with the Kangaroos? Well, I know that um, I know that he's a great football person, um, and we need some uh, we need some guidance and stability right through our club. That was the reason why they um, they got Jeff Walsh to come in and do a uh, external review. There's just some people in the game for whatever reason they're not directly involved in official positions in um, in the game at the moment that um, have just got unbelievable wisdom in the roles that they've had across the vast majority of clubs. And Peter Jackson is one of those, and Jeff Walsh is another, and um, anyone out there who's got that wisdom that can help in the journey, then we want to tap into it. And I'm led to believe um, Sonia is uh, Sonia is leaning to Peter Jackson for some guidance and some assistance, and and also Jeff Walsh. He often talks about bringing in the best people and everyone being on the same page and working in the same direction. So uh, an idea of what might be to come uh, at North Melbourne and the people they're looking to get involved uh, in the footy club. Uh, Gerard Whaley started today speaking about the appointment of Adam Kingsley um, and, and the, the optimism and um, positivity and hope that that can bring a new coach from a footy club. And he likened it to what Craig McRae's been able to do after a long assistant coaching apprenticeship. And... Uh, Alistair Clarkson was asked by Jared about uh, Craig McRae, uh, and he made a really interesting comparison. Yeah, there is, and I, I spent uh, I spent a lot of time with Steve Kerr in at the Golden State Warriors over uh, over the past twelve months, and um, both he and he and Craig McRae are very very similar in their uh, both their personalities and their approach to things, and um, yeah, both of them have, have had to deal with different adversities in their lives which I think is really really important and shape the men that they are and the and the way that they approach things and um well it's been it's just been so refreshing you know that it's you like to think that um in the in the game itself you know all these close finishes you'd like to think oh they're, 
their luck's got to run out, but there's maybe a secret to it, and that they they just uh, keep going for it and uh, always believe in themselves just because they've got this this freshness and uh, this capacity just to, uh, just to keep backing themselves and, and have a go. Alistair Clarkson on Craig McRae and a Steve Kerr comparison, the Golden State Warriors multiple championship winning coach and multiple championship winning player. Jared's of the view that Craig McRae is the coach of the year. I know that the All Australian coach ends up being the premiership coach, but it can't. You can't. I don't know if you can mount an argument against that. Craig McRae, absolutely the coach of the year. I also think he's my favourite footy person of the year. He, he breaks the mould, doesn't he? He's not that stern, fierce, gruff figure who sort of goes the one sort of sentence and very few syllable answers at a press conference. Uh, he's not gruff. He's actually joyful. He's passionate. He's compassionate. He's positive. He's proud. He engages you. He invites you in. He, he brings you along. And he's done that to the whole Collingwood fan base. He believes in football as entertainment. And, and, and he believes in the joy and the fun of football. He, he, he engages the fans. He treats the fans as they're part of the team. It's a lot like when Chris Fagan started with Brisbane. I think that they are cut from a very similar cloth. You can't help but get caught up in his passion and enthusiasm for what he does. And, and not just that, of how good a person he is. And it's also how good a coach he is. I mean, you can't deny that taking a team from 17th to 4th puts you right in the frame for the coach of the year. one three hundred seven three six seven three six to have you say on that. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Alistair Clarkson also spoke about what lies ahead for the Giants and Adam Kingsley, who was announced as their third uh, and um, and their new senior coach. Part of the GWS process, you know, it's a it's a diff- different sort of challenge in terms of the um, the the fact that it's a, a Sydney-based club and um, he'll need to do a lot of work. But I mean, he's got some he's got some talent to work with, and uh, it looks like they'll be able to go to you know trade into the draft really well um, if uh, if they've got some players that return to turn to Melbourne to play. So um, there's some exciting times ahead for him. So, sen.com.au to hear the full chat. I'll tell you what I was really disappointed hearing last night on Footy Classified was this. Even when we won our four premierships at Hawthorne, Alistair never kicked a ball. The people who won the premierships were the players on the ground. And Alistair was like an orchestra leader, able to meld them to get the best out of them. So the challenge for a coach is actually to be able, A, to get the stock of players, and Alistair inherited a very good stock of players at Hawthorne, I have no idea what the reasoning behind that is, and I, and I frankly, I don't care. As a Hawthorne member, I find that classless. I, f- I find that unedifying. I find that does not befit um, what a president should be and how a president should speak about uh, one of the club's greatest coaches and the greatest coach of the modern era. When you try to run down the legacy... Uh, of a coach like Alistair Clarkson, a four-time premiership coach, coach, you don't succeed. All you succeed in doing is tarnish your own. And unfortunately, that's what Jeff does now whenever he opens his mouth to speak about such things. Let's not forget that Alistair Clarkson's having a $900,000 holiday because of the actions of Jeff Kennett. It's really disappointing when someone who's done so much for the football club like Jeff has in his most recent tenure, every time he speaks on something like that, and just about every time now he opens his mouth, it's, it's an embarrassment for the footy club. What would possess you to, to want to go down and try to run down the accomplishments of Alistair Clarkson in that manner? I don't know. Um, and frankly, I don't care. But that is does not befit the position. They're, they're, that is as disappointing 
And I don't know why I'm surprised, to be honest. But I just thought that was cheap. And there was absolutely no need for it. And it's just not how, it's just not how you should speak about someone who's done so much for the football club as Alistair does. And it's more shameful because Jeff has done so much himself, but it doesn't tarnish Alistair's reputation. It only seeks to tarnish Jeff's. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. On the other side of the break... Adam Kingsley announced as the Giants coach today. We'll get to that uh, in just a moment. But Bill in Wallen's call, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. G'day, Bill. Hey, matey. How you doing? Yeah, I'm well, thanks. That's the way. And uh, Jeff Kenamal's a settler in on himself, mate. That means the president isn't needed then to win a flag. So, you know. But uh, the reason why I called, um, just a quick one. What do you reckon, um, now that Clarkson's taken the North job, which is a great fit, I think, um, you think he knows something about Tassie that we don't? Has Tassie been put on the back burner now, maybe? What do you reckon, mate? I don't think so. I, I just get the feeling, as he said, that when he was over there, I, I really liked the idea of Alistair Clarkson just staying out a little longer and coming back as the coach of Tasmania if and, and, me, and when. Me too. Yeah, and I thought that would have been an incredible legacy piece, a lot like Sheedy's was to go and be the first coach of the Giants. But to bring that team in that has so long deserved a team and to be their inaugural coach, I thought that was a that would have been just phenomenal. Um, oh, it yeah. may be that they don't come in until 2026 or 27 or 28, and I just think that the fire still burns for Alistair Clarkson. I don't think it means anything untoward in terms of Tassie, um, but I just think it, he, he, he just really wanted to come back um, as he said, after spending that time with Steve Kerr and the Golden State Warriors and watching them plan for their playoff run. Fair enough, mate. Thanks for taking the call. Cheers. Have a good night. No, thanks for making the call. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Your move, your Harcourts on the Harcourts open line. Uh, we're going to play into each break, uh, honouring a man who we hope is going to make a speedy recovery. Um, but John Farnham... It was a sad uh, news to hear that uh, he was in hospital with a cancer scare. If you like I and grew up idolising the man, we just wish him all the best. Welcome to the Macca's Run with Sam Hargraves. With special sauce and juicy beef, grab the one and only Big Mac at Macca's today. Off oh, the text, Dean says, can't wait to see the AFLW start. Do you know when the first game is, please? Yes, I do. Thursday night, Carlton Collingwood kick it off uh, as they traditionally do. Uh, Thursday night, and you'll hear it right here on SEN. Can't wait to call that one this weekend. And, and doing the uh, the history-making Saturday night clash at Marvel Stadium between Hawthorne and Essendon. It was a Hawthorne AFLW membership today. I got mine. I hope you got yours. Um, and I'll play a little bit of Beck Goddard uh, in just a moment as well. Dave's in Rainbow. G'day, Dave. Yeah, how are you going? Good, mate. That's good. No, I was just ringing up about uh, what was said about uh, Jeff Kennett. Now, the thing is, you know, <laughs> Alistair has done a lot for that club, and the thing is, Jeff Kennett is talking like he's a politician again. And, you know, hating uh, Labor and, you know, gay Liberal and everything like that. When someone's left their their, uh, their place, you know, um, you know, like, give Alistair credit, Hawthorne wouldn't be anywhere if it wasn't for Alistair. I think he gave him a whole lot of uh, premierships 
And I'm a Collingwood supporter, and, you know, it's mm. very sad things like that happen. Yeah, it's cheap, it's disrespectful, there is absolutely no need for it, it lacks, exactly. it's completely classless, and it doesn't do anything to tarnish Alistair Clarkson's reputation, but sadly, it does tarnish Jeff's. Yep, it certainly does. Thanks very much for taking my call. No, thanks for making the call, Dave. Really appreciate it. Uh, massive news for the Giants today as they announced their announced their uh, third ever coach and their new coach to take them into season 2023 um, after winning a premiership with Port Adelaide, a best and fairest with Port Adelaide, uh, a long-time assistant coach uh, at Port St Kilda and then Richmond for the, uh, the 19 and 20 uh, premierships as an assistant coach there. Adam Kingsley spoke today. Um, oh, to be fair, I've felt ready for, for quite a while now. Um, it's just a matter of being able to get the opportunity, which I'm so grateful for the Giants that they've, they've allowed me to, that, that opportunity to show that um, you know, I can coach and, and, and trying to lead this club and, and this playing group to, to where we, we want to go. And um, you know, I think the, the potential that we have here is, is really enormous. And I, I, as I said, I can't wait to get stuck in. Adam Kingsley, can't wait to get stuck in. Spoke about the list. There's a, there's a lot of excitement around the, the playing list itself. I think the, the, the demographic of the group is really quite exciting. There's a lot of young players coming through that, that have great potential and they're surrounded by some really high-quality, experienced guys. So, um, you know, there'll be, a, there'll be a, you know, a few changes, obviously, as new coaches do, and hopefully we can, um, we can respond and get back to where we've been for a long period of time. But, you know, last year was, was um, you know, quite, not quite where we want to be. Uh, and he also addressed the, the Giants players for the first time. I've admired you from, from afar for a long while now. This club is, is, is certainly a really strong club. Um, you guys have, have, haven't have had the year you wanted this year, but in the past you've been really strong, hard, hard to play against, ultra-competitive, and, and, and it's a real um, credit to, to the way you, you carry yourselves. And So use these opportunities now when you've got a bit of to, um, time off to, to let your hair down, but, um, but at the same time, get to work. Let's make sure we're in really great shape when we come back. All right, because we're going to hit the ground running day one. We've got a lot, of, a lot of to get done. All right, educate game style, play a slightly different way, um, get ourselves as fit as we possibly can, build a connection within the room. All right, so 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 there's a bit to be done. So my expectations, as I said, really quite simple: come back in shape so we can get going. It's a strong message from Adam Kingsley. We're told he'll be a very strong coach. Nick Rewalt sang his praises um, really strongly. On the couch last night, anyone that's been asked about Adam Kingsley has nothing but the the most positive things to say about him, and he has done a long, long apprenticeship and looks primed and ready. Missed out on uh, Collingwood, missed out on Carlton, apparently missed out on the Crows and the Gold Coast Suns as well. So he's been right in the hunt for four senior coaching jobs and now finally gets his chance, and and you can just tell he's champing uh, at the bit. He will be staying at Richmond, though, for the finals. Super excited about uh, being appointed the head coach of the Giants and um, really excited about what this list is capable of. Uh, can't wait to get stuck in. Um, having said that, though, I have got a job to do at Richmond and I'll be finishing this season with those guys. Uh, but the moment that season is finished, we'll, um, we'll be looking to get stuck in. Uh, Adam Kingsley. Hey, on the other side of the break, uh, I'm going to play a little bit about what Tim Watson had to say. Um, a, a long chat with Gary Lyon on SEN Breakfast today about the... Um, the complete meltdown that's been occurring at the Essendon Football Club, um, to hear his thoughts as one of Essendon's greatest ever, uh, was compelling, and I'm going to play you a little bit about it next. But I wanted to throw something at you if you're a North Melbourne fan. Alistair Clarkson spoke about uh, their list today with Jared Waitley and what they might need to, to go and do and how they're going to add to that, whether it be via the draft or uh, via free agency and trade. 
when you have a look at North Melbourne, their picks this year are pick one, but then they don't have another pick till 55, 66 and 73. The rumblings around Jason Horn francis don't go away. Maybe Alistair Clarkson is a strong enough signing that he would stay. But given that they've only got that pick one and then not much else available in the draft, let me just throw something at you if you're a North Melbourne fan. Trading away pick one and Jason Horn francis this year could be a really viable option for North Melbourne. For Jason Horn francis they were offered uh, three first-rounders for him via Adelaide. Uh, pick four and then uh, for the 2021 draft and two first-rounders for the 2022 draft. So would he still get that now? Is it two first-rounders, one now, one in the future, uh, a couple of other picks, maybe a player, however you'd put it? Adelaide have got pick 5, 23 and 77. You'd think that they'll have pick 5 tied up in Isaac Rankin. But Port Adelaide have got pick 8 and pick 53. Now, pick 1's worth 3,000 points. So maybe you go to GWS, who've got pick 3 and pick 21. That goes over those 3,000 points, and you get a future first-rounder as well. Sydney have got 16 and 17, and maybe there's a player to package up with that. West Coast have got pick 2 and 20. That gets you over the 3,000 points. And Richmond have got picks 12 and 19. There are things you can do with Jason Horn francis uh, and pick one that might give you three or four picks this year in the top 20, or maybe three this year, and a pick to come next year in the top 20 as well. And if you if you make the right choices, Will Ashcroft's going to go number one, or he's going to go whether someone puts a bid into him, but he's a father and son to the Brisbane Lions. There's very, very good talent in this year's draft. We're going to speak to Cal Toomey uh, on Future Stars a little later. But is that an option? That's a big draft hit in the first year of Alistair Clarkson to go along with the young talent that they've got there already. And what can they do to bring in a free agent as well? Let me throw that one at you and get your thoughts on it. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Welcome to the Macca's Run with Sam Hargraves. With special sauce and juicy beef, grab the one and only Big Mac at Macca's today. I've I just loved it here, Dwayne. I mean, I, I, um, I grew up a, a Hawthorne supporter. Um, you know, I named my firstborn Beagle Crawford. That's how much <laughs> I loved Hawthorne. And, um, you know, I, I, when you're growing up in, in, in the Hawthorne environment, you know um, that rivalry with Essendon. And, um, you know, it's something coming in here and now working as a coach, I have to sometimes, you know, check myself and go, you know, are you... Are you it, You've always been a supporter, but now you actually work here as well and um, get over that, you know, seeing the people in the hallway that, you know, are, are legends of the footy club and that, you know, you belong here. And we've been um, treated unbelievably well coming in. We're just part of the family. It's it's no different. And um, the girls are really excited about getting out there and representing Hawthorne for the first time on Saturday. Yeah, you know what? I think it's it's what it's what the players deserve. You know, a, a big stadium makes a big statement for our women. Um, I don't think we can undervalue, you know, what it what it says to to everyone in the, the community about how we we want to see our our women athletes performing um, in those big stadiums. We've got to we've got to get the opportunity to do that and not be. Um, you know, an irregular thing or a sort of a novelty. We want to make it normal, and we want to fill the place as well because it's going to be a great contest. That's Hawthorne AFLW coach uh, Beck Goddard, who coached the first ever AFLW Premiership when she was at the Adelaide Crows. Uh, what a great get. Uh, it's just a phenomenal human being, is Beck Goddard. Had the pleasure of working with her uh, on AFLW calls, um, and, and she's just a star as a coach and a star as a person, and it's a great, great appointment for the Hawthorne Footy Club. Uh, couldn't have found anybody better to lead them into their inaugural season, and that's her talking about growing up a Hawthorne fan, naming her Beagle Crawford, 
uh, and also the the move due to the the power of the people to sell out uh, the Port Melbourne Oval where Essendon and Hawthorne was going to be played to now make sure that that game is played at Marvel Stadium. So that just goes to show you the draw power that, that AFLW has and, and I can't wait to call that one on Saturday night. Hawthorne AFLW Membership Day. There's a link on the SEN website if you wanted to get... Uh, they're doing a deal today on the Wings membership. So if you wanted to get yours, uh, head to sen.com.au. Uh, AU. Uh, as one of Essen's greatest ever, Tim Watson uh, spoke at length today uh, with Gary Watson. Uh, Gary Watson. <laughs> well, that would be if they merged uh, as and became one human. Uh, Gary <laughs> Gary Lyon on SEN Breakfast this morning. Uh, Tim spoke about uh, Essen's handling uh, of Ben Rutten. It was a shambolic week, though, for Essendon okay. in a lot of ways. The way that that was handled the way that that played out, the fact that they didn't tell Rutten. What was the thing that upset you most? Well, the fact that they didn't tell Rutten, I think that when you make that decision, that this is the road that you want to go down, right? And that was the reason, you put all the other stuff to one side. The only reason the board changed last week with the chairman or the president was because there was a lack of faith in the coaching at that point, yep. right? So they make that decision. That decision is supported. You have to go and tell the coach at that point that you're going out there and you're actively talking to another coach. You had to. The way that he found out was just horrendous. I was staggered at people trying to defend that and suggesting that Ben Rutten could still come back and coach the club. That was never going to happen. Tim Watson with Gary Lyon uh, earlier today. He spoke about uh, Kevin Sheedy as well, his former coach. It was all too late. It was all too late. And at that stage, I think he'd made up his mind. I think also that, I think you're right. I think that, uh, you know, Kevin saying what he did at that time was something that probably influenced his decision and brought it forward too. Kevin has to understand that anything he has to say now publicly is a reflection on the Essendon Football Club because he holds a position on the board. So that is, and if he doesn't understand that, and if he doesn't want to adhere to that, then, you know, Kevin's, are a, he's one of the great football people out there. No doubt. Like, he's a football evangelist. No, so no, if he, he wants to be a loose swinging then he can be that, but he can't be that on the SM board. That was Tim Watson. A little bit of fruity stuff uh, this morning that we just beeped out. Uh, we're not quite sure uh, who's in the car at what time, so I'll just play it safe. But uh, it was just the most compelling listening because Tim is one of the greatest ever well, players of his generation, one of the greatest ever bombers uh, as well. Um, he also spoke about the talk around James Hurd coming back uh, to the football club. I support James Hurd throwing his hat into the ring and going through the process like everybody else. That's what I support. David Barron needs to make a statement around that, that they will be holding a process and it'll be um, there'll be transparency that's involved in that which is clear for everybody to see. They need to set that up as quickly as they possibly can. I haven't had anybody that I know at the club say that, you know, James Hurd wants to go back and coach the Essendon Football Club. I've heard others say that, I've heard, I've read Robbo's articles saying that this is on and I've heard others say that it's possible that he would like to coach Essendon again, but I haven't heard it direct from him that that's exactly what he wants to do. So you're supportive of them making overtures to him to go through the process. No, no, I'm not saying no. that they should. I'm saying You're that saying if he wants the job, then he has to go and actively pursue the job like everybody else and go through the process. I'm just clarifying No, that. no, I understand what you're saying, but yep. you need to set a process up.
SEN.com.au to hear the full chat. It's well worth it, especially if you are an Essendon fan. Um, I was very surprised. Alistair Nicholson, who's the head of the Coach Association, was on with Jerry Waitley earlier today. Um, I don't have the audio to play here, but it's worth having a listen to that as well. I thought he may have come out a lot stronger in the condemnation of Essendon's handling uh, of Ben Rutten. Caroline Wilson, Caroline Wilson criticised uh, the AFL Coaches Association uh, last night uh, on Footy Classified. Um, Alistair disagreed with her uh, assessment, but I, I, it just had me thinking... Yes, he was. He, he spoke about their support of Ben and wanting better for Ben and uh, and wanting better for all coaches. But the strongest condemnation came from other coaches at other football clubs, and you don't ever see that. Whether it be Damien Hardwick or Michael Voss, there were other coaches that spoke. Ben Rutten even said, "I deserve better." Other players at other teams spoke up and said, "This is not good enough. This treatment is, is just appalling." We don't ever see that other coaches speak out against other clubs, but we did in this circumstance because of how bad it was. So if it's not this that has the AFL Coaches Association thumping a desk to say this is not on, demanding better, demanding, you know, uh, the AFL look into the treatment or, or something along those lines. If it was the PA, if it was a player, they would raise hell. They would blow up deluxe. It would be of biblical proportions. If not this, then when would the Coaches Association really, really fire up? It was left to the actual coaches at other clubs themselves and even former players that Ben Rutten had been an assistant on. I don't buy into that, well, he couldn't coach because they didn't defend. He was a defensive coach at Richmond when they won a flag. Darren G in Syracuse is the defensive coach at Essendon, and he's been on the short list for senior coaching jobs. This was a, a playing list that just picked and choosed when it implemented what they were trying to be taught to do. Uh, but the treatment of Ben Rutten, uh, I don't understand how that hasn't been a please explain on this uh, from the AFL. Uh, from an Essendon point of view, Adam in Frio wants to have a chat. G'day, Adam. Uh, g'day. Yeah, look, just, um, I don't know if you saw the article uh, the other day. There was an article written in regards to what John Worsfold uh, said a couple of years ago when he left and was sort of saying it was quite prophetic. Uh, did you hear that article? Or did you see that article? Um, I, they quoted him on the way at the, when he was on the way at the door saying every, Essendon wants everything to happen right now. Um, and in today's modern footy, it just doesn't happen right now. Um, was it along those lines? Yeah. Is that the article you're referring to? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, just sort of saying that obviously because they're they're a big club and and they feel like you know they can make it happen now and sort of avoid the fact that you know you like Ben Rupp said you got to roll your sleeves up and just and commit sort of stuff like that. So it is a little and I think this um, Dave um, Barham or whatever his name is comes across a bit like that sort of talking. Yeah, my daughter's 21 and she hasn't seen it almost like if these things happen and uh, there is no silver bullet. And I think that everything you've just sort of had on in the last 10 minutes talks to the fact that not only are those senior coaches currently coaching condemning it, but blokes like Buckley have come out and said no way because with, you know, and I think Russ Lyon said the other day, um, he said, well, yeah, there have to be people to be moved and, you know, Barham's come out and said, well, no, no one's going to go. We're going to keep everything. The status quo is going to change. It's just me in charge. So people like Ross Lyon and, and Nathan Buckley wouldn't be interested based on that. And and really, those two um, are experienced, and they do need someone who can implement that team defence or is able to communicate and teach it in a way that that transition that happened against Collingwood and and even on the week, like last week, yeah, it's just unbelievable the way teams could transition the ball against them. So yeah. they need a strong defensive yep. coach and an yep. experienced coach 
Those two, they're out of the picture because they've both come out and condemned the board. They don't want Leon Cameron. He's too attacking. And, um, I mean, Don Pike's attacking and he's a bit on the nose. So my question to you is, is this bloke going to have to maybe eat some humble pie? Um, he's come out and made a big statement again, like it's going to be an experienced coach. Well, who, who actually is, is going to go there? I mean, James said, I think that's pie in the sky stuff. I don't think it will happen. So who's, who else is left? I mean, maybe Mark Williams. I mean, he's a long time out. So who are they going to get? Well, that's the uh, million-dollar question, Adam, and I thank you for ringing up to, to make the call. They'll be able to massage the wording of that. You know, if Adam Kingsley is, you know, over 15 years' experience as an assistant coach, so there's experience and then there's experience. They'll be able to double back and, and, and walk back over the actual wording of it. But you're 100% right, and as Leon Cameron said on Crunch Time, that's worth having a listen to as well. There's not many people that can walk in and demand to know stability, demand to have factions uh, erased. You know, Clarkson was probably maybe the only one, uh, maybe Ross Lyon, who have got that kind of power to walk in and say, none of this will do, and I won't be signing on until you can put all this in order. Get your house in order. Uh, so it's a great question that you ask, Adam, and I appreciate you making it. Um, Sam Duncan is standing by to do our sports media second, but just this question off the text from David. Sam, can it put foot in mouth talking about Clarkson, but how do you think Horn Francis feels when you suggest North are better off getting rid of him? I see both conversations hurtful to the individuals. With respect, I'm not sure if Horn, Jason Horn Francis is a regular listener to the Maccas run uh, for the quarter pounder at Maccas with Bacon. Uh, if he is, though, I think what I was alluding to is the fact that there is talk of him wanting to go home and, there, and there's speculation about if he wants to go home. My view is that if he does, then have that chat with him now and say, OK, if you do want to go home, then let's do... Hutchie suggested this about a month ago on Footy Classified. Do some shrewd and astute business. This is no disrespect to Jason Horn Francis. I thought he'd be the nab rising star. I think he's going to be an absolute star. And you would, of course, you would keep him if you could. But if he still wants to go home and he's adamant, have that conversation now because with him and the number one pick, you can you can do some trading there to get a haul of picks or players. You would be cashed up, and 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 the and the person that everybody wants to dance with uh, at the ball. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I'm certainly not uh, saying that North are better off without him. I'm saying if he wants to go home, they can cash in on that. Uh, Sam Duncan from Holmes Glen, upskill your career, learn more, do more at Holmes Glen. Our resident sports media expert, Sam. Why don't we stick with Essendon and talk to us about the PR disaster that was last week from a sports media point of view? G'day, Sam. Yeah, listen, it was. It was a disaster for Essendon, largely because of their, you know, unclear comms and and uncertain actions from Monday onwards and right throughout the week. I mean, in the absence of clear communications, you, you have confusion. And then when you've got confusion, it creates angst. And, and, you know, it's never one thing, Sam. It's always a, a string of, of narratives that come together to, to form a messy picture. I mean, if you think about Essendon, you know, that they, you know, there was a split board. There was a rushed and ineffective bid to lure Alistair Clarkson. There was a coach that was left hung out to dry. There was a sort of an unpolished and unclear press conference from the new president on the Friday. Stories about, you know, the club not being happy. Images of Ben Rutten being emotional in the uh, rooms and, and stories of James Hurd's potential return. I mean, when you join all of those dots, it creates a really messy picture. Uh, and so they could have and should have been a lot clearer 
on the Monday and some simple actions, no matter how brutal they might have seemed, could have saved themselves a, a lot of angst throughout the week. Not often that you can't find one voice wholeheartedly supporting the week and the way in which the week was managed uh, from a football club, but you can't find a single voice to say, yeah, absolutely, big tick. Um, final scheduling. So the, 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 the finals have come out for next week. The one that catches the eye, the Twilight Saturday game, that's really uh, rubbed country footy and suburban footy up the wrong way, the 4.35pm start. Have they robbed themselves of a bigger audience? Well, they just might have. I mean, that's clearly one of the draw card games of the weekend. I know there's four good games, but that's a standout, particularly mm. considering the juggernaut, and I mean the ratings juggernaut that is Collingwood. I mean, an estimated 1.1 million people watched the Collingwood-Carlton game across Australia on um, Sunday. That's Friday night kind of blockbuster rating. Yeah. The week before on the Sunday against Sydney, 850,000 tuned in from across the country. So that's the game that a lot of people are going to be zeroing in on. And if that was a Friday night, I would predict that would probably be the most um, you know, the highest rated game of the weekend. It's Saturday afternoon, so maybe the AFL have placed their supporter stakeholders ahead and you know, it's a more convenient time I guess for Geelong fans to travel up the highway um, but uh, yeah, I do think they've robbed themselves with a massive audience. It'll still be big but Saturday afternoon to be frankly honest is the lowest rating time slot of the weekend and that's why they've put it in the twilight um, so that it does run into a later later time slot that's more appealing from a television audience perspective. Hey, games are being played at 2 o'clock on a Saturday when it comes to final forever clashing with finals. I guess what the country and suburban uh, clubs are disappointed in is that such a, you know, it's two Victorian teams, so it is going to take, you know, Victoria's focus perhaps off the local games. The other thing is perhaps this is, one day what the grand final is going to look like. You know, a massive game that starts at 4.35 in the afternoon. So the AFL might be testing the waters ah, on just... Ah, here we know, go. What a significant jump there is in the ratings. Here we go. I hadn't even thought of that, but this is why you're our sports media expert. Uh, we're out of time, so short and sharp one for this week, Sammy. We'll talk a bit longer next week, and we'll talk about that the greatest advertisement for the game is the game itself. And, and the idea, too, and I wouldn't mind you having a look at this for us, that what difference it makes to have Collingwood and Carlton in finals contention. That game you mentioned, over a million viewers. But the Collingwood-Sydney game, that got a massive audience as well. So to have those clubs near nearer to the pointy end of the ladder than closer to the bottom. What it does for a marketing boost to the game, we'll do that next week. Looking forward to it, Sam. Chat to you then, mate. Uh, he's a very good man, and he's the man in charge uh, of the sports business, health and building uh, sports business, but you can also do health or building and construction. You can apply now at Homes Glen, learn more, do more at Homes Glen. Uh, Sam Duncan, the course leader of the sports degree at Holmes Glen. Uh, last call for calls. Uh, we've got to finish up because uh, tomorrow night we're at the AFL Awards Night, so the All-Australian, uh, the NAB Rising Star, uh, the Coaches Award uh, for the Coaches Player of the Year. We're going to be broadcasting there live, so 7 o'clock tonight, Denver Burton's Conversations That Could. We'll be back to wrap up uh, the sporting capital on the other side of this. Welcome to the Macca's Run with Sam Hargraves. 
With special sauce and juicy beef, grab the one and only Big Mac at Macca's today. Just a couple of texts before we finish up. And in regards to Jeff Kennett, Jeff Kennett is absolutely right about Alistair Clarkson. That's from David. Uh, this one's so disappointing with that grab from Kennett. As a Hawks fan and member, I'll always love LC. I've lost so much respect for Jeff over the last few years. His second tenure as president has been a blight on our club. That's pathetic from Jeff. How is that acceptable from a club president? You honour your greats. You don't run them down or diminish their legacy. You only diminish your own. Uh, yeah, I think um, maybe there might even... You would hope that there'd be a press release from Hawthorne saying that Jeff speaks for himself, not on behalf of the Hawthorne Football Club. Uh, another one off the text. Uh, Jeff needs to stand down already. Um, here, here is a Hawthorne member. I've tried to defend Jeff in the past. I've had it with him. The sooner he is no longer involved, the better. And it's a shame because he's done so much great for the footy club. Hey, uh, enjoyed tonight. I'll be back with Off the Tee at 8. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.